Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It was interesting because Alonzo apparently was on 95 this morning and texted me and said, oh my God, you wouldn't believe the fireball that I just saw. So I guess he was right there when whatever happened, happened. And wow, the tanker truck blew up and... He's pretty blasé about everything. I mean, I'm I'm often the one like, oh my god, I can't believe that happened. He's like, what, what, what? So for him to react that way, it must have been something kind of uh, dramatic. So we'll keep monitoring that. Thank you, Gary. Yes, Appreciate indeed. It. Yeah, seven thirty-six on this Thursday morning. It's the sixteenth day of November, twenty twenty-three. I'm John Reed, and we're glad you're with us here on News Radio WRVA. So, a lot of different groups are hosting meetings and get-togethers and debriefs on what happened with the elections. You know, I give Glenn Sturdivant um, uh, credit. He came on right after the elections. He's like, look, you know, it wasn't what we wanted, but uh, it wasn't as bad as everybody's making it out to be. And there's something to be said for that. And it wasn't like um, Republicans were completely vanquished. It's just the the expectations were very high that Republicans could hold the House and flip the Senate, as uh, Governor Yunkin um, repeated often during his campaign rallies. And then when they didn't flip the Senate and they didn't hold the House, there's a huge disappointment. I mean, it's like if you can't win when the economy is crashing, when the world's on fire, when Joe Biden is uh, unable to decide where he is and how to exit the stage and looks like a total fool, and Glenn Youngkin by contrast, is being so magnanimous and generous and and kind. I mean, he's, you know, Glenn Youngkin's doing everything that everybody says they want an, an American politician to do. He's not focusing on the negative. He's at least trying to reach across the aisle and uh, work with people who say to his face, I hate you, but he still, for some reason, still deals with these people. If you can't win in this situation, when can you win? What it, I mean, what could possibly happen that would make Virginia voters wake up and support Republicans over Democrats? I mean, crime through the roof. Good God. So, look, Todd Gilbert has been on the show with us many times over the years. He is the outgoing Speaker of the House of Delegates. I'm sure that hurts him to when I have to use that that uh, phrase and say outgoing. He'll be the minority leader, the leader of the Republicans in the next session, but he's generous enough to come on with us this morning. Speaker Gilbert, I appreciate it. Um, how you feeling? What are you thinking today? 
Uh, we're still reeling from all this, John. I mean, um, it, it, it is. It was a disappointment, not because of the speaker title for me. I mean, that, it, right. it's it's cool to be speaker, and it's mostly what it represents and what it represents for you know the the members of my caucus, uh, the people I represent, the people of Virginia. You know, people of Virginia who don't even realize still what Democrats have in store for them and have put into action to be that is already the law that they haven't even yet understood is going to happen to them. And, and we've, we've talked over and over again, for example, about this electric car mandate yeah. that's coming, right? And, and I would go to, this year I would go to Republican events around Virginia raising money for candidates, and I would show of hands how many people in this room, and you know, these are activists, people who are engaged, who watch the news all day, who watch Twitter and Facebook, and literally, more often than not, 10% of them had heard that Democrats have already forced them to buy an electric vehicle in the very near future. It just hasn't happened yet. And so, you know, you take that and you extrapolate it across just voters who are less engaged. And I think they really had a, 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 did not have a full appreciation still of Democrat policies and what it means for them. So all that is extremely disappointing, mm-hmm. but there is still a lot to unpack. And I, I'd, I'd love to you know, uh, take off on where Glenn Sturdivant left and what you just said. I think that's all pretty accurate, but I will let you uh, carry on. So, Okay. Well, yes, you sir. know, one of the conversations that I had yesterday with my Virginia Council group in Western Henrico, these activists who are engaged, and, and I've, I've kind of been eavesdropping on other groups that are trying to dissect what happened with the campaign is this consensus it's abortion abortion is destroying the republican party people people who would normally vote for the republicans have just decided male and female they're not voting republican as long as abortion quote-unquote bans are in the offing you think that's accurate is this just a, a a killer issue for republicans and all the other good things that republicans would like to do are going to die on the abortion issue or is there a way to fix that well, I certainly think it was at at the core of what happened on Tuesday. I mean, we we did have a we did have a new court drawn uh, election map that we were working under on both the House and the Senate. So that you know how that changed the the landscape certainly is it has played out here. But you know, since 2022, the summer of 2022, when that Dobbs decision came down uh, overturning Roe v. Wade, this has been a buzzsaw at the polls all across the country. And no different here. And look, I think people, you know, especially those in your listening area that are disappointed about the results, I think they should not up and move just yet because we are, in fact, in a Biden plus 10 state, and that's that's a reality. But we only came within 1,800 votes of holding our majority uh, statewide. We have 49 seats out of 100 in the House, 19 out of 40 in the in the Senate, uh, the, those 1,800 votes on the House side mean that we were still able to win every single Biden plus nine seat. And so even though abortion was the one and only note that the other side was hitting here, again, at some point, um, you know, people are going to either believe us or not. And we, I, I was very clear over and over again, and I don't think people believed us that this this opportunity to try to find common ground on a very contentious issue was a real thing that Republicans were willing to to engage in. And I again, I got called 
to say it over and over again, and I meant it, and I couldn't have been more vociferous and adamant about, you know, we're, we are not going to push an abortion ban. But again, I think voters that, that care about that issue just didn't believe us. At some point, they will either believe us or not, and at some point, they will also start learning about how democratic policies are making their life uh, worse. And so I, I still think, although we didn't hit the mark, all is not lost. And at some point, uh, again, we will either get to that point where voters believe us or not, that we are not going to overreach on that issue, uh, or they will start um, feeling the pain of the other Democratic policies that are coming down the pike if, uh, if nothing changes. Yeah. It's interesting. That was a compromise. I mean, for people who are truly pro-life, a 15-week ban is a, a huge compromise, you know. So yeah, absolutely. It, it's interesting that, that that was rejected or not believed by a lot of people. I, I don't want to get into the constant uh, uh, circular firing squad after a, a loss occurs where everybody's blaming everybody else, but I just ask you, do you think there's anything um, setting aside abortion, which we can discuss all day, right. what else would you say was done right or done wrong in the last cycle, you think? Well, I think, you know, we, we made this first effort at trying to get our voters engaged early uh, to, to get people who are not inclined to vote in a cycle like this to show up early. Uh, I know you, you uh, repeated this refrain over and over again, the Secure Your Vote Virginia effort, which was a multi-million dollar effort, uh, first of its kind uh, at that scale. I think that turned out to be the margin of victory in a couple of races. And so, so you think it worked? Came, yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. uh, it didn't work as well as we'd hoped. And, and frankly, where we really lost uh, voters is not in the early voting. And, and, and we're, we're still unpacking how to do that better and which, who to target and who to go after and all that's in play. And people had different ideas about that, and it evolved over time. And maybe it should have evolved earlier, but definitely it worked in a couple of places to be the margin where, where our problem occurred is our people still didn't show up like we expected them to on Election Day. Mm-hmm. And so how do we, you know, the real mousetrap that we have to build here is how to, how to get people to understand that everything they care about in the world is at stake literally every two years in these off-year elections, and they got to show up. And mm-hmm. that, that was the most frustrating thing for me is, is finding out that there are people who should be ready to run through a brick wall to go vote on election day did not. But, um, yeah, I think the, the getting it right, we can keep building on this early voting, uh, effort to get people to show up and, um, uh, you know, hitting the right notes is, uh, certainly will, there'll, they'll be debating how to do that for years in Republican, uh, political circles in Virginia, but we just got to go get people to show up. And if that takes more money, if it takes, um, more, uh, a different, psychology i don't know but that's the real frustration it's, it's this, weird this you know some of the base and i guess this is every time you lose you hear from the people who say well i just i gave up on the republican party I, they were demoralized on some level and you, know, you can always go back and say well maybe we should have been stronger on this or louder on this or um is there anything you because i think you guys played it relatively conservative you're conservatives you played it kind of conservative over the last two years I, I, I would assume, in a deliberate attempt not to alienate middle of the road voters who would say, "Oh my God, I just can't go with these um, radical right wingers. Look what they're doing." So you you 
my observation, you tell me if you think I'm wrong, is that you reined it in a little bit on some of the issues you engaged in and some of the rhetoric that was used. It was pretty mild. And did that turn off some of the base and and win you over some of the moderates or just turn off some of the base, you think? Well, I, I tell you what turns off the base or, or what helps do it um, to us. And, and, yeah, I'm one of the most conservative members of the House. And as Speaker, I learned, I learned very quickly that I had to be things like mature and wise and thoughtful and reasonable and measured. And, you know, we're in a D plus 10, a Biden yeah. plus 10 state. So yeah. I, I was constantly uh, getting harangued by the grifter class uh, on our side who want to send emails and text messages to try to make money off this stuff by calling me a rhino and a, a sellout and a you-know-what, right? So, yeah, yeah that, that was a real thing, and I think that helps deflate our base when there are people out there who only want to make money. And, and people who are asking me to do terrible strategic things, mind you, mm-hmm. um, to, uh, you know, who, who if it was a, a wartime uh, analogy, would be asking me to send all my troops up the hill into straight machine gun fire and for without any ability, mind you, to take the hill. Because right. uh, the Senate, I can still count to 21, uh, even, even when we had divided government. So for us to be you know, trying to uh, advance anything uh, different would have been silly, even if we didn't recognize that we're in a Biden plus 10 state, which is a constant... Factor. So my my goal, having been speaker, uh, and uh, you know, if we're lucky enough to regain this majority in the future, is to have a full reckoning of where we find ourselves politically, and to focus on the things that Virginians care about, what they tell us is important to them, and it's kitchen table issues. And if our people don't want to lose uh, the things that they care about, uh, that should be enough for them. And to, to turn off that. the grifter class who's just trying to get ten bucks out of their pocket every time. Yeah. Uh, Todd Gilbert doesn't make some stupid move. I got you. I not listen. I appreciate your candor and your willingness to come on and talk to us. I hope we'll talk a lot over the next um, several months headed into the general assembly session. Now that you're not um, going to be in that role, maybe I can get you a little more often. <laughs> John, I'm looking forward to it okay. because you know uh, I'm, I'm ready to. We're we're going to punch back and okay. uh, we're going to draw a contrast between them and us. And uh, I look forward to doing it as often as possible with you. Todd Gilbert, the new minority leader leading the Republicans in the House of Delegates, the uh, soon-to-be former Speaker of the House of Delegates, and a friend of this program. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, John. Okay, 749, we're back with more in a moment on News Radio WRVA. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.